talk to somebody sooner rather than later. We all tend to, we can solve this, we can solve this. And then we're getting the emergency calls. Yeah, it's such a male thing as well. And I'm like that. And it's, I want to solve this myself. And then I get upset that I can't. And then the depression will kick in. And then before you know it, you've got an emergency call. And I'd say to men this, I say, if your car's broke, what do you do? If you can't fix it, you go to a mechanic. If your boiler's broke, and if you don't know how to fix it, you go to the boiler repairman. If you need a bit of building work done and you don't know how to do it, you get a builder in. And it's the same with, you know, if you've been falsely accused, we can help you. Think of it this way. Every phone call you accept, you've probably saved a man's life. Welcome to Why Daddy Never Cries podcast with your host, Chuck Kelleher. At Why Daddy Never Cries, we'll explore the lives surrounding daddies, their children, divorce, and silent domestic violence. We'll hear real-life horror stories from unsung heroes fighting for the ability to stay in their children's lives. We'll get those voices heard and hopefully find solutions before you lunatics burn the whole place to the ground. Hang in there, daddies. Chuck's here. Chuck Kelleher and Why Daddy Never Cries are providing his podcast as a public service. I've known Chuck for 45 years, and he's neither a lawyer nor a mental health professional. He's not a doctor nor a rogue scholar by any stretch of the imagination. Chuck is simply a guy who's lived in hell for 20 years. Once he found a way out, he drew a map to help others navigate their own way home. The views and opinions expressed by Why Daddy Never Cries, employees, or our guests are their own. Guest appearance on the program do not imply an endorsement of them, their opinions, or any entity they represent. And please, for the love of God, if you have any questions or fears about your unique circumstances, please contact a lawyer, a religious leader of your choice, or medical professional in your area. Don't fuck this up, brothers, because we're all in this together. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Voss G2, for helping small and medium-sized businesses elevate their brand perception with design. Take your brand to the next level at VossG2.com. We'd also like to thank Harry Duran and his team at Fullcast for their amazing assistance. If you're planning a podcast and you haven't contacted Fullcast, you might as well call your show Podfade. On today's show, we'll hear from Mike, co-founder of Falsely Accused Network in the UK. We'll hear Mike's heartbreaking story of how he lost his son, and learn how he was still willing to sacrifice everything to be a father, only to be denied in favor of starting another fatherless household. Brothers, I thought I had it bad years ago. This insanity has only gotten worse. All right, let's get into it. Because we're going to be talking about my ex-wife. I won't name her or the child. I'll refer to her as the ex-wife, and I'll refer to the child as the child. I, I don't want to name him. It's not fair on him. Nor should you. And I agree no. 100%. No, it's all good. I agree. I even look at comedians these days when they make fun of their kids. Mm-hmm. You see, they regret those jokes when their kids get mm-hmm. older. Of course. Yeah. Yes. It's totally, totally inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we meet the, the former missus? So I was a DJ, mobile DJ. Uh, I was going from pub to pub or play music, karaoke. And I actually knew her mother before I met her. And I'd come across her a couple of times. And that was way back when. That was about 12, 12 years ago. Went on a couple of dates. And there was just something a little bit off about her. Even to this day, I wish I'd have followed my instincts because they were correct. Agreed. It was just, I couldn't tell you what it was. If I said to you, if you if you asked me the question, what was it you saw that was off about her? I don't know. But there was something off about her personality. 
she was quite persistent and I thought, okay, well, she's persistent and let's see what happens. <laughs> Six months together, I thought we sort of re-engaged and then she was a single mother and something that struck me as quite alarming was that she said that her ex, her ex-partner had abused her. I knew of him. I didn't know him personally, but I did ask around about him and I said, is he a violent man? Is he this? And they said, no. I didn't say why I was asking. I didn't repeat her allegations. I wouldn't do that to another man. I asked around about him. That was, again, another red flag that I completely missed. It was, I now know it was a false allegation about him. So we fast forward, we get married. Before the marriage, I'd say she loved on me. She fell in love with me very, very quickly. It was very intense. I think it got me at a bad time in my life. I was suffering from depression myself at that time. And I was vulnerable. That's not her fault. The initial depression wasn't her fault. I was just vulnerable. I think if I came across that type of love bombing, now I'd see it for what it is. But at the time, I didn't. So we got married, and then the mask came off. Yeah. And she changed very, very quickly. She let me know that she had... I'll be careful how I word this, certain mental health illnesses. I think one of them was borderline personality disorder and bipolar, which wasn't disclosed to me before the marriage. And boy, did she have these problems. It was a roller coaster. And I was in, out, in, out, shake it all about with her. And we get to about, I'm really scotching over a lot here, but we, we get to October, November 2017. Okay. And I decided to end the relationship but I didn't I wanted to do it in a way in a non-dramatic way I didn't want an argument none of that nonsense I wanted to just to basically make my escape and go okay so I planned a trip to Germany and that was that was actually a ruse that was for me to get out for a few days so then when I, when I deliberately timed it so the flight would be coming back while she was at work I was going to get my stuff leave a note and, and go and, and then file for divorce so on November the 7th 2017 I set off from Manchester to Berlin. And I wasn't, I'd say I was. there was an elation. I thought the, the relationship's over. There's a bit of a sadness because I thought, well, I didn't get married to get divorced, but clearly the marriage wasn't working. Not for me, not for her. I was happy. There's a bit of a spring in my step, but then I got to the hotel and it was around five or six o'clock German time that night. And I got a phone call from her and I thought she'd worked out with left her. And she just said, I'm pregnant. And I went, Wow. I was happy and sad at the same time. So that was my plan gone because I thought I can't abandon my wife if she's pregnant, if my child, I can't do that. I might have missed it. She, You had started the well, process, but she well, didn't know. I, I, well, this is the problem. I'm not sure if she figured it out or not. I know I, I made a few phone calls that I was leaving to a friend who was helping me escape from her. And I don't know whether she caught wind of this or not, so I don't know. Okay. But that was what that trip was. It was to get out of the flat to then two days away so that I deliberately timed it so that when the flight come back, she wouldn't be at home. Mm-hmm. I'd get my stuff and I was gone. That was the plan. Because I didn't want a dramatic, I'm leaving, because that's when drama can happen. Absolutely. I didn't want an argument. I thought I'd do it that way, then I'm gone. And anything else can happen over the phone and that's not a problem. Yeah, if it's over the phone, I'm a, a thousand miles away, it didn't matter. So yeah. I came back to Manchester and, yeah, she showed me the test. She was pregnant, all right. We went to the doctors and they did another confirmatory test. And then we went to scans. I went with, I think I went with, I think she had three, but I only went to two of them. There's one of them I couldn't go to, but okay. I went to I went to two out of the three anyway. And then during the pregnancy, she made a false allegation about me. It was around March, middle of March, 2018. 
and we split up. I knew it was false. She knew it was false. Right. But I thought I'm not. I'm not safe here. She made a false allegation of domestic abuse about me. And then there was a friction between us at that time. But then by the time the baby was born, I put it to one side. I thought, never mind. And I was elated that, you know, I had a son. Yeah. And I was at birth. I moved back in with her. And you know what? Everything was fine. Everything was fine. There was no problem. Then about four months in, when when he was about four months old, I could see, even at that age, he didn't look like me. Right. I could see her. I could see her family members in him. If you know what I mean, when you look at a baby, I could be, oh yeah, she's got, he's got those eyes. I could see that. Now I came to the conclusion that he just looked more like his mother than me. Okay, that makes sense. I just thought that, and so I did. It was a little. Uh, I don't know whether whether I wouldn't say it was a serious doubt. I just put it down to that. I thought in my head, I thought. He just looks more like her, and that's it. She wouldn't lie about this. I, I can I quickly I quickly dismissed it actually. Okay. Around February the next year, I decided I wanted to leave again. The relationship wasn't okay. working for me. I didn't love her. I don't think she loved me. Obviously, she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, if I go now, then the child would have always grown up with mum and dad living away, living apart it wouldn't be a big trauma it, it would have just be part of his i thought if i do it now it's a better time to do it well and it was and again it was there was a minor minor argument nothing serious and i left and i carried on co-parenting i'd look after the child i'd go around four five six times a week carried on as normal and then in the summer of 2019 I decided I want to divorce her. I thought, well, let's get this over with now. Let's, and it's a simple process in the UK. We didn't own a house together. Okay. It would have been a really simple divorce. And she just stopped me from seeing the child. She was very unhappy about it. And you were already living apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for a month, I didn't see him. And then I had to involve a solicitor, which then she just suddenly relented. She said, oh, sorry about She She apologized. She said, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, okay, let's just put this to one side. But the actual next serious doubt was around the autumn time of 2019. And I was I was out in, in the local bars where I live. And a few people said to me that they had doubts as to whether the child was mine. And there was rumours going around, let's put it that way. And yeah, I dismissed yeah. it. I dismissed it. I said, oh, no, she in my head, I thought, no, no, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't tell us all and have me put on the birth certificate. We've had a christening. Yeah. We've had everything. You, you think about it. We had everything. I thought, no, 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 she wouldn't do that. But unfortunately, that doubt stuck. And I put it to her about that. I said, people are saying that the child is not mine. And she replied, how dare they say that? How does that make me look? He can't be anybody else's. Okay. Okay. I think that was a case of what I wanted to hear. As I would. <laughs> I wanted to hear that. I wanted to hear that. I loved him so much. I wanted to hear that. But then, unfortunately, the doubt stuck. And then if we if we go into April 2020, this was the final straw. I was taking, he was playing on my car, and it was, he's only very young at this time. And he's playing with my car. He used to call it Dada's car. And took thousands of photographs of this child. Of course. And 
it was just in one of the glances that I got when I looked at him. It's just I didn't notice it when I took the photograph. It was when I looked at the photograph, and I looked and I thought, it doesn't look like me. It doesn't look like Mum. He looks like somebody else. And it was during lockdown. I was unemployed at the time because there was a lot of unemployment at the time. So oh, I, had, yeah. I was on, you call it social security in America. So I saved up for a DNA test, an at-home DNA test, and I thought, I've got to get this settled now. It's, it's really beginning to upset me. I think it was about a month, a month later, I did the test. I did it in private. She didn't know. Okay. She had no idea. Anybody watching this with a paternity doubt, I wouldn't tell the mother that you're doing the test. Never. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Do it behind her back. They're not going to tell you the truth if, if you've been conned. I did it, and I thought, well, I'm... Just going to settle my mind here with this. This is caught in my mind, and I, I could rationalise everything. He, look, he looks more like his mum. There's this kid's appearances. Check. I was deluding myself. And you were hoping the test would come back. He was oh yes, yeah. of course. Well, that's what that's what I thought. I thought it would it would come back. He's mine, and I'll just file it away. She'll never know. And then that's the end of it. That's the end of the story. And yep. it'll just be is what it is. Came back no, and it was not mine. And I felt like I'd been shot in the stomach. Oh, brother. And I immediately rung my brother up. He was sick. He was saddened. Absolutely. And my my parents were, my mother in particular, was deeply distressed. And I rung her. And I said, I need you to come round. I said, just can you just come round? I was very honestly, I was so polite to her. She didn't deserve it, but I was very polite to her. And I said, can you come round? We need to have a chat. Why? What? What's wrong? What's wrong? I said, look, just come round. It's okay. We'll explain when you get here. And she was very persistent. No, no, I want to know. I said, okay. Well, I've, I've done a DNA test. And it's coming back that the child's not mine. She just slammed the phone down. She didn't <laughs> even reply to it. Right. So then she sent me a couple of messages saying, I want to see the test results. I said, sure, no problem. And I, I said, but I didn't know her email. So she changed her email. So what's your email address? And then she just rung me up and said, right, I'm coming to, to get the child. I actually videoed the encounter for my protection. Absolutely. Sure, I'm not going to release the video. So oh, I was criticized for that at a later point, but we'll come to that. And she was so cold. There was a cruelty in her eyes that I've I've seen it in her before. She couldn't give a damn of what she'd done. She said, she accused me of doctoring the test, saying I've, I've faked a test, which, I, why would I do that? I don't right. know, but I didn't. She drove off. And then, obviously, when, when things settled down, she said, all my family can see the child, but not me. But then within a few weeks, we wanted a second DNA test because she was trying to insinuate that I've doctored this test. Right. So we had to apply to the courts for that. And it came back again. Obviously, the, the result was a foregone conclusion. I'm sorry, brother. But she was let all my family see him, except me. I was cast out. So most of my family decided not to, could see what it was, which was a manipulation tactic. Right. Most of them stood by. My mother, though, did carry on seeing him. And I wanted to keep him in my life. I, I figured out fairly quickly that the father was a married man. He had to be. Okay. It turned out he was. How old was the child at this point? Two. 
Two. Okay. Two. So this is when when it when it all came out, he was two. Okay. He calling he was calling me dad. He thought I was his dad. He thought my mum was his grandmother. My my dad was his mm-hmm. grand. That's what he thought. But she was she was letting my family see him. But most of them said no. You're not allowed. We're not going to. It's we can see what it is. But my mum carried on. And then I wanted to keep him in my life. I thought, well, I can if you like de facto adoption. If you know what I mean. Because you Leave love him. Yeah, I thought yeah. we're part of the family. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're upset, but could we could adopt him. Basically, just do nothing and leave it. You know, just carry on. Yeah. That's what I thought would have been in his best interest. But she had other ideas. And then I, I went to the courts to try and keep him in my life. And that was where I was hit with a barrage of false domestic abuse allegations that were completely false. And I couldn't afford a solicitor. And... I found a paralegal. You have them in the United States as well. She was brilliant. And we absolutely destroyed those allegations. We could prove lots of them were, you know, like were impossible to have happened. Okay. Or... Like you were at work. She was all over the place with it. One of them I was in I was in hospital. Okay. But because the child had contact with his biological father, that was it really. So that's 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 that. It was horrible. So what I decided to do was at first, I set up Paternity Fraud UK, which is the only service in the UK that I know of and which supports anybody affected by paternity fraud because it, it does affect women too. That is, I know the, the prime victim is men like me who have been wronged, but it affects the wider families too on the biological side as well as the non-biological side. I've had men who have found out 10 years later they've got a son that they never knew about. it go both ways. It's such a mess. It's like a bomb going off. But then I was getting a lot of phone calls about falsely accused, being falsely accused of domestic abuse. And I said, well, that's happened to me as well. And here's what I did to fight it, set up falsely accused network. How that works is, is if any man in the United Kingdom has been falsely accused of domestic abuse, they give us a call. They get hold of me via Twitter or TikTok or Facebook. We've got a volu- team of volunteers. We get so many phone calls. We've got five volunteers now oh, wow. that do that do phone calls. Private and confidential chat about what's been going on, what was the relationship like, everything. We, we want everybody to know as much as we can. Then we look at helping them with, if they want to go to the family court, for example, we can help them with, if they've got enough money for a solicitor. We know some solicitors that are good, but a lot of men can't afford the solicitor's fees and for so the have... american listeners that's a lawyer solicitor yes. over there okay yeah 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 same, yeah same thing it's a, it's, it's going to cost you a, on a good case if it all went through the first time twenty thousand pound what's that that's about thirty thousand us dollars yeah so a lot of men can't afford it so yeah. we, we we can link them with paralegals that we know that are good and it's nowhere near that price we have therapists that we know a male friendly therapist as well not feminist type and it's the more it's a combination of talking therapy plus solutions this is what men need they need both yes they need to be able to talk about what's happened but they need a solution at the end of it otherwise they'll be like what's the point exactly so that's the that's how we work so it's very male orientated how we do this and we have a like support group so if, if they, it's optional and if they come through and we offer them the option say look there's a there's a group of men there we're, we're at over 50 in there now um, not every man wants to join it, but they got 50, oh, 50 plus, and that's going by the day. 
of men that have been falsely accused of domestic abuse, who you can speak to, who are in the same situation of you have, who are, that are currently going through it. Or in my case, it's in the past. Right. I have nothing to do with my ex anymore, that, and that's how it's going to be. I have nothing to do. With, I have nothing to do with her. And we're getting some really good results from it. We're helping a lot of men there who are desperate, isolated, lonely, even feel shame. And then the, the relief that, that when they speak to me or, or any of the other volunteers that they feel after it is amazing. They're not alone anymore. They say, I, I feel so much better after talking to you. I said, I oh, know we, we know what you're going through. People say to me, Why, what, what was one of your reasons for setting up these two organisations? And I said, well, 4,000 men in the United Kingdom kill themselves every year. Yes. I won't be happy until that's zero. The majority of suicide, male suicides, I believe, are from relationship issues. I agree. Allegations, child custody, paternity fraud, child support, parental alienation. And these are the areas I think if we really, really start proper male-based support for men in those five areas, get it wide out there and it's effective, we could start to reduce that, that suicide rate. So we're, I'm, I'm concentrating on false allegations of domestic abuse and paternity fraud. They're the areas that I... Um, areas like, of expertise. That's my expertise. Yeah, been there, done it, got the T-shirt. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're, you're in the same. Um, I'd, I'd say to listeners as well, this is so common. It is exceedingly common, false allegations of domestic abuse, and it comes at the end of a relationship and there's a child involved and it's uh, child custody, and that's where they start flying from at that point. And in the United Kingdom as well, I don't know if it's the same in the United States, that if a woman alleges she's been domestically abused, no evidence needed, she'll get a free lawyer. Yes. Completely free. Doesn't matter how rich she is, she could be a multimillionaire. And if she alleges she's been abused, and it could be, she could allege it, so it could be something very serious, or it could be something really minor, and they don't care. They, they get the free lawyer straight free away. Lawyers. Man, man, it's. Totally different, totally different. So we're hoping what we've set up um, goes some way to redressing the balance. You guys are definitely a lot further down the road than we are with this. You're not the first person to say that, Chuck. Um, I've spoke to people in Canada and they're saying it's they're only catching up with us now. Mm -hmm. And... I've been in contact with a gentleman called Bill. I can't remember his surname. He's not going to be happy. I forgot his surname. I just saw him on Twitter. Uh, yeah, he's real. And he's he's looking at doing something similar. Bill Colbert. That's him? Yeah. And he's um, doing some great work in the United States. I'm hoping this mod we've done is how simple and effective it is to helping men out in, in, in a in a situation where many men have killed themselves because of false allegations, make no mistake about it. What we've come across it in newspapers. We've had people on the phone lines telling us that they've unfortunately thought about it. Thankfully they found us and they're not alone anymore. And I'm hoping if, if people around the world even set their own up, something similar like that, what we're doing doesn't have to be exactly the same, but we don't want, we want this suicide rate down. We don't want men separated from the children anymore. We want people to stop making false allegations. Let's focus on the child, not your own bitterness or jealousy or spite. But this is what's happening. Of course, there's a lot of doubters out there. False allegations don't exist and all that fun stuff. 
How many people do you find call you that are lying about false allegations? Or how do you vet them? And this is just for the doubters. Okay. False Accused Network is set up in a way that it would be no benefit for an abuser to get in contact with us. There's no benefit. If you, if, if an abuser thinks of ringing False Accused Network up, thinking that we can help them in any way get off on a domestic abuse charge or whatever, that's just, it can't be done because we don't get involved with any legal issues. I like that. We don't get involved in any legal issues whatsoever. Um, I've, I'm I'm happy that every man that has rung me, because I go in, we go into depth about the relationship. I know I scotched over mine here, but no, that's um, we we go we go really in depth in, about the relationship, and it's a pattern of behaviour that these, and it's a small amount of women. Don't I'm not for a moment saying all oh, women are false. No, they're not. They're really right. not. They're not. They're not. We know. But there's a pattern of behaviour. They're talking about the same woman, the love bombing, the the idealisation, and then and then and then it changes, and then it's the false allegations start, and you can prove the false, undoubtedly, like mine. I could prove they were false. She was writing stuff, and we we had to go to a lot of work, but we could say that is impossible. That happened. Here's why, it happens. But there's no benefit. Any 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 abuser ringing us. We we thought about this. Of course we have. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about that on my end now too. How am I going to? Yeah. Well, you've, you you're offering you you're offering advice, we, not legal services. We're not legal. We're not. Yeah. We're not a legal. We're not lawyers. So what we do is we we deliberately do not. We're not. I'm not a trained lawyer, so I don't want to start giving people legal advice because if I get it wrong, that man's going to suffer. And that's not you what know, we're in this for. That's not. I don't want to add to a man's problems. Exactly. He's got enough. He's got enough. So <laughs> yeah. this is why. This is why we link them up with solicitors and, and paralegals. And remember, it's it's for the court to decide whether an allegation's true or not. It's not. It's not for us. But I'm I'm happy that every man I've spoke to so far was telling the truth to me. It, and and and, I, and the, the big giveaway is how is is when they talk about the relationship. And I say, I I want to build up a, I I say this, I say, I want to build up a picture of your ex. So I want you to start me. What was she like when you met her? I want you to go through it all. And it's almost always the same. Brother, it's uncanny. (laughs) Same. The exact same scenario with me. I didn't actually know my ex-wife's real last name until we were just about to get married. And I saw it on her suitcase. (laughs) Turned out she didn't like it because that was her father's last name and he was an abusive male and he was out of her life at the age of 12. But then I noticed little by little, everything I said was lies. Baby came, everything was great. And then it wasn't. And we had moved to uh, Colorado. So we decided to move closer to home. But I could imagine being away from my support network. I probably would have been one of those statistics if I didn't have my, my family around here. This is, this is what we're, this is why we're doing it, Chuck. It's, it's you. You uncovered the lies. There was so many lies. You even want to? I don't want to publicize about. Yeah. Them. Um. Some serious lies. Some very serious lies. She's lied about a lot of stuff in her past that I only found out after the paternity fraud. If I'd have known before I even married it, I would have said absolutely no way. I'm getting married to you. Not a chance. We're talking. We like you just said. We're talking about the same type of woman here. Not all women, uh, anybody listening, this is not a rant about women in general. No, it's not. We're talking about the small percentage. Correct. Wrecking carnage on 
on the dating market, on the relationship market. And unfortunately, we had this situation in Britain like you do in America where they, they tend to automatically believe the woman and a man has to prove his innocence. And that's what I felt I had to do. I had to prove my innocence. And boy, did I. Um, I had a really, she was really good, my paralegal. Um, her name's Claire Hobson, if anyone's interested. Um, she's she's absolutely amazing. She did a fantastic job um, helping me. And she's now um, helping other men. Because what we do is in the north of England, we recommend her. And in the south of England, we've got another gentleman um, called Andrew Weed, and he's a paralegal, and he helps men in the south of England. Oh, wow. And so when they come through to us and they go, I, I want to, uh, they might want to go to the family court, they might want some legal advice, but they can't afford a solicitor and they're not eligible for legal aid. Because we can't, there is certain criteria they can get legal aid, but it's very hard to get if you're a yes. man, almost impossible. So then we, we, we send them there, and we don't get involved in the legal side of it at all. If they, they ask me legal questions, I go, I don't know the answer to that question. You need to speak to so on and so on. We don't get involved. And, the, and so we offer them support where we get men very angry, bewildered, lonely. Loneliness is the the, the common one because they're worried about tell, telling other people about it. They You're embarrassed. Be, I mean, I was so embarrassed. Oh, I was. Yeah, I was. That's, that's, then that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to isolate you. It's designed to silence you. Um, you're absolutely right about the uh, resources for women because my ex oh, yeah. till the last time and we're 20 years through this is still using domestic violence lawyers we haven't lived together for 20 years why are they still <laughs> taking this case because it puts money on their docket and they get federal funding from somewhere yeah. or yeah. donations from somebody oh yeah yeah and they it's don't care about the lies they just get the i got her money i got her money it is a it is an in, I call it the false allegations industry, mm -hmm. and it is an industry now where there's a lot of people in on it. There's the, the lawyers, judges, um, charities. Many charities are in on it. It's in their interest to pursue this narrative. There's we have like domestic abuse victim commissioner or something in the United Kingdom really? now, but she, she's only interested in female victims, not male. Mm, it's funny. <laughs> only interest i mean and and when when i when i speak to these men and i say you do realize what you've described to me is domestic abuse most don't realize it oh yeah i didn't know i was a survivor I until did, i didn't know i had no idea i just thought oh this is i thought i just this is just part and parcel of being in a relationship it's not at all what i went through was domestic abuse all day long it, i was a bit ashamed to admit it at first i'm not now but i am a male victim of domestic abuse i was yeah. abused in the worst possible way by her God, short of, short of killing me. I mean, it, it, it was the worst way I could be possibly domestically abused. But she got all the help from the government. I got nothing, nothing at all. I attempted to sue her um, in the civil courts for for fraud. And I got, I couldn't believe in the bad luck I had with that case, that the judge who was looking at it only happened to do predominantly most of his work in the family court. But he was sitting. He's sitting in the civil court for this case, and he didn't hide his bias. He didn't hide his bias. He, he he was totally against me for even bringing a case like this to court. Why? What was the justification? You were married. His he he, he threw he threw my case out, and his reasoning was two, there was two reasons he gave in the end. He was a bull. He was a bully. He was a he was a despicable. I won't name him, but he was a despicable person. 
And he said, I'll be dismissing this case and here's my two reasons. That number one, just because the defendant, that was that was my ex, had sexual intercourse with another man, it doesn't mean to say that she knew he was the father. And number two, he said, I've looked at previous cases involving paternity fraud and it appears it was you that had the doubts, not her. Oh, interesting. Now, none of them make sense. None of them make sense with the law. And I didn't have the money to appeal it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be throwing money at this where I think if I would have appealed it with a higher court judge, this guy was the lowest rung of judges you can get. He's a district judge. Right. And I thought, again, my earning, and I thought I couldn't afford a solicitor. So I was doing this myself again. And I thought, I'm going to be throwing lots of money at this. And it's still, if I get another judge like him, it's money wasted. So she, she, so judicially, she got away with it in the judicial system. He might as well, I said to my paralegal when, after the case, I said, he might as well have just sat next to her. He, he, every time I was speaking, he was defending her. Really defend, and, and I'm terrible. It was a terrible, terrible case. I was very unlucky to get him because his, his main work is in the family court. And he must he must do a bit on the civil side of stuff, and we got him, and it it was just terrible. But we're finding that that the judicial system in the UK is, and I've noticed it in America, when a woman does something wrong, they don't want to do anything about it. Here they say when someone accuses someone of domestic violence and it's false, they don't want to pursue charges against that woman, yeah, because they're afraid other women who are being abused won't come forward. To which yeah. I always respond, so we're going to allow one abuse to take place to protect someone who's already got a system in place to protect them. All mm-hmm. they have to do is reach out for it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to hang this other group out to dry and those yep. families and those children. Yeah, that's 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 the same same attitude that they have in Britain. I've I've had, I've had, I've spoke to many people involved in this in this industry and I've said well why don't you go against false false accusers and they said exactly what you just said by the way mm-hmm. it's the same excuse that they're using in Britain we're just hung out to dry we're just cast aside it's just collateral we're collateral damage so what he's a man so what yeah that's it it's fueling false allegations some of the men that I speak to, there was one guy I'm thinking of in particular, I won't name him, but I won't. It was multiple times she would falsely accuse him and keep going back to the police and the police would say it's not true. And he said, charge her. She's, she's, this is clearly wasting your time. It's perverting the course of justice. And, and the police have said to him the same thing. We don't, do, we don't go over after false accusers because it might put genuine victims off. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's so it's, ridiculous. It's preposterous. And it has to stop. And we need some politicians out there to stop pandering to feminists, to stop that. Because most women find false allegations appalling. There's women that might be listening to this thinking it's appalling because it looks bad on other women. Now we have women listeners and they agree. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It looks bad on everybody. And it, it affects bad. the children. Anybody who gives a does. shit about the children, excuse me, anyone yeah. who cares about the children, easily see why this is a problem. Yeah. It has to stop. And I don't know how bad it's going to get before it does stop i don't know i don't know i can't any younger listeners listening to this i'd I'd be saying to younger men out there that are listening to this that listen to our stories and and protect yourself at all times record everything keep everything in in writing as much as you can any sign of of a female with serious mental health problem i'm not talking about if they've been depressed in the past that's not what i mean right that's not what i mean if anybody jumps on me on that one 
I'm talking about if the woman discloses bipolar, borderline, anything serious, a serious mental health illness, I would question the man not to stay with her. Especially no. if they're not taking care of themselves. One of no. things, it's one thing having the issue, it's another thing ignoring it. Yeah. So another thing I found interesting was you said she had an abusive ex-boyfriend. My ex had well, an abusive ex-boyfriend. I would have caught it. If I saw him in the street, I'd be in jail right now. And now pretty sure it was false. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this is it. The, we we're finding that, uh, again, another pattern is that the, the abusive female or the, or the female abuser, should we say, will come up with a story that one of her partners or maybe, maybe all of them mm-hmm. used to abuse her. And I'd say to any man, when you hear that, if you're dating and early on in the future, that is a red flag. And this is what I'm about to say is very controversial. And I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but here we go. It's a red flag for two reasons. One, if it's true, then the woman could be quite damaged from it. Okay, you've got to ask yourself, do I want to stay to hang around or not? Two, if it's false, you can bet your life she'll be accusing you of it next. And it's a huge red flag. And I would, I, I would. I'm, I'm erring on the side of caution. I think if any, if I met a woman and she said oh, I was abused in the past, I don't pursue her anymore. I wouldn't recommend it. I'm sorry it, if no. if that upsets anybody. If anybody's listening, thinking, "Oh my God, what?" No, I'm sorry. My 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 interest is is in male welfare, and I'm saying to men now, if a woman says that, I would recommend you walk away. But if you do carry on, you proceed caution. You're not the first guy to tell me the same thing that she had a couple of vexes, you know, who were abusive to her. And I tell you, if you're anything like I was, I would have fought that guy on sight unseen, no questions asked. And he would have been wondering what the hell are you doing this for? And I'd yeah. be in jail for no reason. And she'd be on to the next guy making it. Yeah. It's 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 so common. It's a red flag. Another red flag in relationships, what we're finding is is female abusers will try and convince the male that she's abusing. That they've got some sort of mental health problem. Hmm. Try and gaslight them, train them mad. They've got this, and they're projecting their own mental illness onto the male. That's that's very very common. But proceed with caution. I hope there's, if there's one younger man listen to anything and they've got something from me tonight that stopped them getting involved with a, a an abusive female, I'm, I'm I'm delighted. That's why I'm doing it. And it definitely destroys homes. I at least am lucky enough that I still have a relationship with my daughters. Is it great? We still talk. You unfortunately got removed from your child's life. Oh yeah, that's gone. That's gone. Yeah, yeah that's that's gone. That's 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 got that'll never happen. I'm grieving him. I'm I, I am um. It was three years ago, so I'm three years in now. I'm grieving him. I love him. I'll always I'll always love him. But knowing what type of woman she is as well, I've got to look at it at the plus side and think. Well, I don't have to deal with her again. I don't have to. I don't have to. And maybe when he's older, I'll I'll find him. Yeah. And I've got all the court documents there and say, this is what happened. And I would have been there for you, little guy. I was more than prepared to sort of just say, we'll adopt him. If you like, a de facto adoption where it'd just be, carry on, I'll adopt you. We'll just... And, you know, he would have learned the truth. It would never have been withheld from him. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to to sort of say, I've adopted you, if you like. But um, he he is the biggest casualty out of the whole, out of this whole story. They always are. It's the children are the biggest cas as as men. However traumatized I am, and I have been, and I've been in a bad place at one point. I know I can recover from this. I know I can, and I am, and I'm I am a lot more happier and getting on with my life. 
Yeah. But for but for the child, this is lifelong. This is lifelong trauma for him. And I tell you that push to shove week in and week out. It's definitely hurt myself. It's hurt my children. Yeah. And it's the children that suffer the most. I keep the, saying this. One thing where you got lucky, and where I didn't, is when you have a person who's accusing you of domestic violence, and you are the victim. You eventually have to heal. And by mm-hmm. healing, you grow stronger. Mm-hmm. But when you're accused of being a monster, the stronger you get, the more you heal, the more it appears to outside people like you're that bastard. Because now you're yeah. not letting her get away with this. Now yeah. you're standing up for yourself, but you're not. You're just being a bully. No, I'm mm. finally standing up for myself. But they don't see yeah. it that way. No. No, I agree. It's it's. I was I was very lucky with mine. Is that is that my ex is known is is known as now known as a local nutter anyway. It, it, it helped me. Okay. I had I had no repercussions in my social circle. People were very much on my side. They knew what she's like of a problem, shall we say? I don't want to denigrate her, but no. um, yeah, I don't want to say you know I'm bad as her then. But I was lucky. But there's men on the helpline that aren't lucky. They've lost all the friends. They've lost. Um, one man was telling me he'd lost all his friends. Friends that he's had for thirty years. I've just believed her, just on her word. Really? No, lucky I have a close, very close Good. group of friends. Yeah. Good. You're lucky. I mean, me and you were lucky, but there is men out. They've lost the whole social circle. They've yeah. lost it. The episode Lost I'm working on now is a child support and alimony. And that's one of the things I'm saying. You got to get a, a group and you just got to hold on to that group. And mm. but I'm this sorry, I cut it. you off. No, no, that's fine. No, no, I agree. CSA is another one. It's not It's not my area. Um, I don't know too much about it. Uh, child support, because it, I, ne- it never, I never got that yeah. far into it. But um, there's men, there's men that, that speak to us that, that are in lots of debt with the child support for a child that they're not even allowed to see. Yeah, been there. And it's crazy. Not even, allowed, not even allowed to see. And they, they can lose the passports, the driving licenses. We've had men kill themselves. I know you have in the United States. We've had men in the United Kingdom kill themselves because of the CSA. Yeah. And that's uh, CSA there is? Child Support Agency. Okay. Or, or, or is it that? Or I think it's called something else. CSM. Child, I'll just say Child Support. There's so many acronyms. <laughs> they, they change it all the blinking time. Yeah. Well, these issues, what we're talking about, are happening all over the world. Here, India's India. got yeah. I did, was surprised to get that research. They have the highest, uh, bu- uh, the highest number of men abused by yeah. women. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's. I mean, the, the the stories coming out of India really alarm me. And I've seen videos of of women attacking men, and 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 they're all over Twitter. Um, and men's lives ruined. And I mean, I, I'm even at the point now where I'm saying to men, don't get married. I wouldn't risk it. Don't risk it. Don't get married. It's a one-sided contract. It is not in your best interest to get married. But yeah. then you've got men. You've got men that are quite religious, and you've got men for whatever reason like it. But I, I you know, they don't realise that once once they try and get out of once it goes wrong, how bad it really is. It costs thirty-five dollars to get married. It costs me over a hundred grand that I'm still paying off. Well, there you go to just there stay in my children's lives. Yeah. There you go. It's crazy. Mm. So our advice to younger guys, pay attention to what you're getting into. Look for signs like... Uh... Red flags. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say to guys, I'm, I'm going to be, ta- I'm going to be for a moment, I'm just going to be these, any young man that listen, I'm going to be your father. I'm going to say, don't rush into any relationship with any woman. I want you to pay attention to everything. Look for red flags. Look into her past. 
Is she drug into drugs? Is she an alcoholic? What is her mental health like? Um, has she disclosed an abusive ex? To me, that is a massive red flag. That's a mm-hmm. no. That's a stop. Um, don't rush into anything. Don't be reckless with your seed. Don't just be reckless. Take your time. There's plenty of time. Don't rush into anything with any of them. And look at the red side. If something doesn't add up, to quote to, to quote Coach Greg, Greg Adams, if something doesn't add up, subtract yourself away from the situation. She's saying stuff and her actions don't match. Get out. There's plenty of women out there that are good women. There's plenty. There's loads plenty. of Most women are great. That's not, mm-hmm. what's the word, misogynist. We're not that. Yes. We're against female abusers. That's what we're against. And take your time. Listen to older men that have been through it. Don't research marriage. What happens when a divorce goes wrong? Research the laws. Do it. That's very, very good advice. Mm. Probably about another two, two, three minutes. Yeah, we touch on so many issues. Mm-hmm. Listen, you have my email, but we should probably exchange numbers. I got guys over here. We're starting to set up these groups over here. You are saying exactly the same things that I'm trying to do over here. It's not every woman. It's not every man. No, it's not. It's not. No, it, it's not. This, 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 let's not. I know at first I'd say to any man who's escaped an abusive relationship, of course, your first reaction is, oh, women are like that. I've been I've been through that stage. Yeah. I have. I have. And, and, but, you know, a part of the healing process, you realize, no, they're not. There's good and bad women. There's good and bad men. Just generally, you know, don't say, oh, women are like this because they're not. They're, they're really not. But yeah, I would I would speak to you about. I mean, I, I think in the United States, what you could probably have to do is is do it by state. Yes, false accused network, and you could have New York, New Jersey. You'd have to do or, it by state because the laws vary so much from state to yeah. state. Yeah, you'd you'd have to you'd have you could have like a parent organization who cover the whole of the United States because we're we're looking Britain, England, and Wales. It's the same law. Scotland is different, and Northern Ireland's different. But it's not too different. Okay. You know what I mean? It's it's generally speaking, it's fairly the same. But United States is way different. You've got state law, federal law, this, that, and the other. And I think if you did something like this in the United States, if you called it falsely accused network, United USA, and then you branch it off into all the different states. And I think I think if you did something, whether it's similar to ours or a bit different yeah. or whatever, I work full time and I'll take phone calls um after work. Or before work, or in my lunch break, and <laughs> I just do it. That's what I do. Damn. Um, uh, and then what? The best thing is is to get them. And then w- once you've got a WhatsApp group, or you might want to use Telegram, I don't know, or Signal, or whatever you want to use. And then the men in, in that group, then all of a sudden, they're not on the run. There's hundreds, probably thousands. It's going to be yours is going to be huge, and um, they can speak together. They can ring each other. We have that in our group. There's a man felt quite distressed the other day. Within minutes, four people were contacting him. Oh, wow. Now, how can people reach out to you in the UK? So you reach out to me. Our email is falsely-accused-network at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and I'm on TikTok as well. But the email is a great way. Just send an email and then um, we'll get back to you. We, we hope to have a, a call arranged within the day, same day. Oh, wow. It's we've got enough volunteers now, so within the same day, you know, I can't say it'd be straight away, but it will be usually within the same day. We can get a phone call, get you the right help, get you in contact with any paralegal or if you've got the money, a lawyer, and then with therapists that we know, so we we link them together. So these 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 paralegal solicitors, therapists are in, they're not part of us. We just we just say here's signpost them we call it. Go to them, they can help you with that. But then the WhatsApp group, we're all in it. 
So if a man a man wants to talk about something, we can talk about it. If he needs help, if he's distressed, if it's a joke, it could be the funny memes, anything. Okay, that's cool. As long as it helps, as long as, as long you know, as long as it's within within topic where we don't mind. And then they'd contact you, and then you'd put them in touch with the WhatsApp group. Yeah. So so what what happens is we we'll, we arrange a phone call. So me or you know or any of the other volunteers will do the initial call with you. We go through everything. Um, we go through any needs. So if you need a paralegal, if you need a solicitor, if you need a therapist, we give you the numbers and websites to, to and they and they know about us, so they know, you know, just mention us, so they yep. know who we are. And then um, we offer the WhatsApp group, and that's ongoing support. So that's t- you. You can just any time of the day you can say something, and we're in there. Nice. Somebody, somebody will answer you. So if you are feeling bad, like we had a chat the other day, I got in contact with him within a minute of him putting that message in there. I was on the phone to him. Wow, and then um, I got another guy. It was it was it was quite a specialist question that he had, and I don't know one of the other volunteers knew about this particular problem. Can't say what it was, but it yeah. was that. And then he got in contact with him. So within five minutes, a very distressed man went from to a very calm man, very alone man. Realized he's got a support network. He's got us. He's got us. But what, you know, like like I said, um, it's it's solutions based. So it's it, it's that that dual thing that we have to do. Chuck is. A man has to talk about it. It's not. It's not feminine to talk about. Yeah, you know, because they get these. They get these men going. Oh, it's it's a feminine thing to talk. About. I said no. It, it's it makes sense. We want you to talk, but we also we are going to get some solutions for you. Yeah, it's not just a a soundboard. It it, it it's both. You get the chance to offload, but you also will get solutions to your problems as best we can. You get to walk away with a possible path. Yeah, there's a plan. There's a plan at the end of it. There's, there's, some, there's something we can. There's something in nearly all the cases we can do to help them. Because a lot there's, of them are very similar. <laughs> very similar. Yeah, there's something we can do. Not, you know, a lot of men have never heard of paralegals. They go, "Oh, I thought you had to go for a solicitor." I said, "No, you can use a paralegal in Britain. It's much could, cheaper. You could do pro se here, but you got to end up becoming a a lawyer to do so." Mm. Can you represent yourself over there, or yeah? So, so in Britain, if you got the family court, you haven't got a solicitor. You end up becoming a litigant in person. Okay. And the paralegal can come in with you, can do your statements, can can write anything. They're just not allowed to speak to the judge. They haven't got right. They call it rights of audience. Oh, okay. So they can come in with you. It's like having a lawyer, but but they're just not allowed to speak to the judge. You've still got to do all that. So I read out everything that I got. So she said, right, say this to the judge. And it sounded like I knew what I was talking about, and I didn't. It was yeah, just... yeah. No, that's great. <laughs> and I'm not sure what, again, I don't know what the American laws are on that, but in Britain, we're allowed to do that. We have a very weird family court system, at least in New York, where you just go behind closed doors. No one but the, uh, the litigants are allowed in and their attorneys and the mm. and, and the cops, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Ours are private. It's private in Britain, so you're not allowed to publicize anything or or yeah. talk yeah you know, you're not meant to you know, you know to protect uh, the children or hide what's going on <laughs> i think it's the latter i <laughs> yeah. think it's the latter we're talking to britain about opening the family courts but obviously keeping everybody anonymous mm-hmm. and and at first i thought oh that's a bad idea but the more i think about it i think if the press started to see some of the stupid cases that end up in there it might be a good thing i don't know but whether the press would be honest Somebody would be. There'd be one mm. version of the truth out there that was uh, matching. Mm. Uh, one bit of advice I'd like to recommend people on your side, on my side, anybody going through this is 
talk to somebody sooner rather than later. I think mm. as we all tend to, we can solve this, we can solve this, we can solve this. And that's then we're a, getting the emergency calls. Yeah. That's, it's such a male thing as well. And I'm like that. And it's, I want to solve this myself. And then I get upset that I can't. And then the depression will kick in. And then before you know it, you've, like you said, you've got an emergency call. And I'd say to men this, I say, if your car's broke, what do you do? If you can't fix it, you go to a mechanic. If you if you if your boiler's broke, and if you don't know how to fix it, you go to the you go to the boiler repair man. If you need a bit of building work done and you don't know how to do it, you get a builder in. And it's the same with it's the same with family. You know, if you've been falsely accused, it's time. It's time consuming. And this is what I say to you, Chuck. You need going to you're going to do this. You need to get some volunteers quickly on board. Um, have a call, a little bit of a call structure. And then that's it. You're done. And it doesn't. It doesn't. You know. You can. You can. You can put boundaries in place, or you could make it clear that you only do your calls at night. Afterward, try and spread them out amongst your volunteers. It can be done. And then I can ask my my listeners if they have any questions. You're looking to start a support group exactly like this in your neighborhood. You can contact us at Why Daddy Never Cries. You can mm-hmm. contact Falsely Accused Network, and both of mm-hmm. you very willing to so help. If any, if anybody in the United States is thinking of doing this, uh, what we've done. Do contact me, and I, I can. I don't mind doing a Zoom call, and we can have a chat about how to, how to how we. I can show you how we do it, and then you tailor it to your to yeah. your area. You tailor it to your area, and um, think of it this way: every phone call you every phone call you accept, you've probably saved a man's life. I agree, uh, brother man. It was great meeting you, and unfortunately we met, but fortunately we met, and uh, yeah. Keep in contact. Absolutely keep in contact, Chris. This isn't going away tomorrow. We got a little bit of a fight ahead of us. Oh, yeah. We've got a massive, massive, <laughs> massive fight ahead of us. But I think I think Johnny Depp, that, that case, the tide's turning slowly. I think a lot of people are realizing, actually, we can't just believe all women. that they, they do. Some of them do tell lies. And, and it's funny. My more. girls were still younger then. I couldn't pay attention to that case. And that's another problem is when you're in it, you don't want to hear anything about it because it's so overwhelming. On today's show, we heard from Mike, the co-founder of Falsely Accused Network in the UK. We heard how false allegations are being used by perpetrators of DV and ignored by the UK courts, how long delays in being allowed access to their children are causing men's mental health issues, including suicide. We heard about men grieving the loss of a living child because of false accusations. This is your call to action, gentlemen. If you're a survivor of false allegations, or your kids are grown, and you really have nothing else to lose, now's the time to get back in the game, man. The need for anti-false allegation chapters and men's support groups has never been greater. Please check the show's links, find out how to get in touch with me or Mike, and start your local chapter immediately. If you have time to volunteer with Falsely Accused Network in the UK or any other established organizations, now's the time to join. People are still using false allegations to keep men away from their kids. And in some areas like the UK, you could be removed from your child's life for a year before the courts even entertain your proof of innocence. If we all agree our first priority is to protect the children, then why do the courts still refuse to hold accountable someone using children as a weapon? We must get our voices out there. Send us your stories to Why Daddy Never Cries at Gmail or Why Daddy Never Cries on Facebook. Remember, this is a daily and sometimes hourly struggle. So follow us on Daddy Never Cries at Twitter and Why Daddy Never Cries on Instagram and let your voice be heard. Let's end the fatherless children's syndrome that's plaguing this world.
The team of Why Daddy Never Cries consists of Joe, the voice of reason, Nicole Kelleher, and Scott Hall. Thanks, everybody. You can't change what happened to you, brothers. What you can control, however, is how you react to every situation. So you gotta figure out how to make it work for you. And when life gave me lemons, I said the hell with the glass. I'm making an international lemonade franchise. So until next time, you've got this, Daddy. So